lit at precisely that instant. For it was another curious feature of Professor Mephisto's lectures that they reached a dramatic high point at the exact second of the bell. In the fifth row center, Candy Christian slowly closed her notebook and dropped her pen into her purse. She was sitting on the edge of her chair, holding her breath. Then she gave a soft sigh and sat back limply. She felt utterly exhausted, yet exhilarated too. A great man, she thought, a truly great man. I'm in the presence of a truly great man. She gathered up her things and filed out slowly with the others. At the door, she had a glimpse of Professor Mephisto walking down the hall towards his office, clasping his notes to his chest, talking amiably to one of the students, his arm around the boy's shoulder, a very young boy with wild hair and a sullen face. She wondered what they were saying. She wondered what she would say, how she would love to be a part of the conversation. Yet what could she say? She decided to go straight to the library and read for the rest of the afternoon. Then she remembered that she had promised her father she would come directly home after class and go with him to Aunt Ida's. Darn Daddy anyway, she said to herself. Candy was born on Valentine's Day. Perhaps this was why she was so beautiful, or so her father often remarked, at least in the presence of others. When they were alone, however, he was inclined to be a bit strict with her, not strict so much as insensitive to her needs, or possessively solicitous. But he was, after all, only a simple-minded businessman. At any rate, though, there was something like a valentine about Candy, one of the expensive ones, all frills and lace and fragrance of lavender. But she was sometimes petulant, and perhaps it was this, her petulance, more than her virginity, which was her flaw and her undoing. Mr. Christian was waiting in his armchair when Candy arrived. Hi, he said, glancing at his watch and only half lowering the paper. Learn anything today? She came over and gave him a perfunctory kiss. She wanted so much to tell him about Professor Mephisto and the human face. But of course he could never understand, not in a billion, billion years. Yes, I think so, she said quietly. Anything wrong? asked Mr. Christian. He didn't like to see her face in repose, or perhaps thoughtful. No, she sighed, and gave him a tired smile as she put down her books. Just that things are a little hectic with the exams coming on. Hmm, said her father, getting up, brushing some tobacco from his lap, looking at his watch again. Well, we'd better get started if we're going. I don't want to be tied up there all afternoon. I'll get the car out. Candy went into the bathroom and quickly brushed her hair and freshened her makeup. It did so please her father for her to look nice at Aunt Ida's. Still holding the brush, she stood gazing at herself in the glass. And I've seen the glorious sun, she said softly, but I've never seen beauty to compare. Two short, sharp burps from the horn of her father's new Plymouth made her start slightly and put down the brush. She turned out the bathroom light. Darn daddy anyway, she said to herself as she hurried for the car.
Chapter 2. Professor Mephisto was a pacifist, and today's lecture had been about war. Since he did not have a regular question-and-answer period in his lectures, he very often posed knotty problems to himself and then proceeded to answer them, as he was doing today in his closing remarks. Clang went the bell. With the last word, Professor Mephisto gathered up his papers and started for the door. In the fifth row center, Candy had just written, What about the American Revolution? And was drawing a very heavy line under the word about. When she looked up to see the young boy she had seen with the professor yesterday coming down the aisle unmistakably toward her. Are you Candy Christian, he asked. Yes. Meth wants to see you, he said with a disgruntled expression in his office.